Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran. Yes. Kevin Spacey, right? You know Kevin Spacey. Unfortunately. Is actually Kaiser Sose. <laughs> right, now you're just straight up spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> and if you didn't oh, actually, want to hear that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. I didn't mean to step on you there, but yeah, there isn't actually any context in your spoilers. So without saying the title of the movie, I guess no one will ever really know. No, exactly. I didn't say the title. So have you ever seen it? No. I've tried to watch it several times. I've watched the end. I couldn't do it. So everyone who knows what we're talking about out there, you suddenly know my unpopular opinion. And Matty D hasn't even seen it, so he well, doesn't even have an opinion. I feel like it's a movie that... <laughs> it's a movie that the twist is the best part, almost, you know? Yeah. If you know it already, if you know the twist, it's kind of like, eh, yeah, why, exactly. why bother? I think that was my major problem. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that movie, which will remain nameless. Yeah, we've got to give some sort of spoiler-free for the people at home. Yes. Matty D, would you be so kind as to explain to any possible first-time listeners what this show is about? Well, first of all, welcome possible first-time listeners. Yes. Essentially, here on this show, Potential Spoilers, we try to look at a movie based on the trailer or any promotional material that we can get our hands on and guess the entire plot of the movie with that information alone. It's a little game that we used to play just between us, me and Kieran, and we decided to record it for podcasting purposes. And share it with everybody. And share it with everyone. So we try to guess, and then when the movie comes out, we see how close we got or how far we got. Speaking of, episode two of this show, Shazam, is now in cinemas. Mm -hmm. So you can go and see how close we were. A little bit of insider information. We got some details almost dead on. So I think a lot of people would be interested slash amused to find out what our opinions were a couple of months ago. Go listen to that show once you watch the movie to find out more. Yes, either before or after you see the movie. I think Because, yeah, it was surprising. Yes. And us as well, apparently. There's yes, some us is out there. We actually predicted a couple of things in us. So, yeah, check that out as well. Look at us. No pun intended. <laughs> yes, go look at us look and at, then look at us. Look at us calling things with no information at all. See, the show is finally coming together, Muddy <laughs> Dear. It's all worthwhile in the end. But this week, we're talking about the newest movie, the fourth movie in the Men in Black franchise, Men in Black International. Yes. Now, from what I understand, this isn't a direct sequel to Men in Black 3. It isn't even really following the same characters, as far as we know. It is considered a spin-off. So it's not a reboot? In the same universe. It could be a reboot. Ooh. We'll discuss that further as we get into it. I think there may be shades of rebootiness. Mm. Someone might be pulling on one or two booty reboots. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> But yes, I think there may be shades of it, but we will get into that. A pair of shades, you know, you wear them on your face. Okay, yes. I'll stop. I'll Boots stop. and shades is what we go into this podcast. Sorry, if I had Men a neuralizer, I would make everyone forget that awful string of jokes that I just put everyone through. No, we've got to save that for the end of the podcast. Yes. Anyway, we should get straight into it. Maddie D, what is your history with the Men in Black franchise? Oh, me and the Men in Black franchise go way, 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 way back, back with the Men in Black. Way back. Well, this movie was really, really popular when I was young. I saw it as a really young the child. The first Men in Black, that is. The first Men in 1997. Black. 1997. Yep. I saw it in the cinemas. It was really, really, really popular. Yes. And I fell in love because it was awesome. Like, it was just a really cool movie, the bugs and whatnot. and Just hit all the marks for you, dude. Yep, it? hit all the marks for me. I, I loved it. Played the video game, if anyone remembers the it video game. It was a video game. game? Yeah, it was a video game. I had no idea. I what was, was it like? not good at it. You played as Will Smith and it was 3D Agent for J. the time. I can Agent safely J. say that I've never heard of it. I'm going to run away mm. after the show and look it up. Yeah. Just no, to it, see what it's like. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it definitely existed. I think it was PC was what it was on. Mm. But yeah, I... 
loved the movie. Saw the second movie. I've seen, yeah, all of them, really. The second movie Third. came out how many years later? Five years later? 2002? Even watched the cartoon. Yes, I remember um, the animated series. Even did a deep dive. It was into very watch... similar to the Godzilla animated series, wasn't it? Very similar, yeah. Um, similar vibe, anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And even went through a little phase where I was looking up urban myths and, and whatnot and found about the real Men in Black. Please don't come find me. <laughs> But yeah, I found out about that. So yeah, that's my kind of history. I loved it as a child. A bit of nostalgia. There we go. Mm. Now my history with it. Interestingly enough, any fans who may be familiar with some of our other podcasts may recall that I had a very fateful trip to Universal Studios around the time that the first movie came out. And while we were there, I was really into Blues Brothers. So I went to Universal Studios. I saw the Blues Brothers stage show that evening when we were back at the hotel. We watched the Blues Brothers on TV. We got a rental or something like that that and so I was instantly obsessed with the Blues Brothers and while we were at Universal Studios they actually said look they're making a sequel to the Blues Brothers it's going to be coming out any month now of course talking about Blues Brothers 2000 which which came out 1998 I believe so of course when we got back home to Australia I was all excited and I was like mum let me know the second that the new (laughs) Blues Brothers movie comes out and then all the buzz for Men in Black came out I see two guys on a post wearing suits and I go that must be the sequel to the Blues Brothers so so you thought you were going to see the Blues Brothers sequel were you disappointed that there was not a little boy called Buster Blues wearing Vans (laughs) well let's just say I was a lot more impressed with Men in Black than I was eventually with Blues Brothers 2000 (laughs) I was very shocked at the direction that Men in Black went in I was a little bit frightened (laughs) (laughs) expecting like a family friendly blues mission from God a little drive through uh, Chicago said we got aliens hiding inside people's bodies jumping out at the end but anyway I ended up loving the movie. I loved the first Men in Black movie. It really grew on me. I was basically first in line, first day to see the sequel. Let's Mm -hmm. just say I wasn't as big a fan of that one. I didn't mind it. I remember liking it enough. So by the time that Men in Black 3 came out, 15 years later, Mm -hmm. I was very much over it. There was talks that they were going to do a collaboration, right, with 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah. They've been talking about that for ages. I think this movie is it. Uh Ah. I don't think it's going to happen, basically, is what Mm. I'm saying. But yeah, by the time the third one came out, I was very disinterested. So I sort of half watched it one afternoon. Didn't really care for it either. Did you know, by the way, that the Men in Black movie, the original movie, was actually very loosely based on the comic book series of the same name? I only found that out whilst doing research for this podcast. I think I heard about it back in the day. From what I understand, it's only very loosely based. Very, very loosely based. I think basically in name only, maybe even concept only. But in the Men in Black comic, they not only chase aliens they also chase werewolves vampires ghosts that's so cool mythical creatures which i initially thought wouldn't that be great if they took the movies in that direction but i really don't think they're going to go in that direction i think they're just going to play it safe and stick with aliens because when the first movie came out what was the biggest tv show of all time i don't know when was that it might have been a few years late but of course it was the x-files so they very much wanted to cash in on the success of the x-files so they never put those two dots together this comic book series to be more x I certainly wasn't watching the X-Files when I went and watched this movie. Interestingly enough, I actually read recently that the original casting choices for J and K in that original Men in Black movie was David Schwimmer from Friends. No, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. As J and Clint Eastwood as K. I don't hate that. 
I don't hate that. Seriously, I don't hate it. It would be different. I would see it, but I don't think it'd be the same movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't think David Schwimmer would be the smooth-talking Jay. I don't think they'd yeah. play that. Well, they very much wrote the movie on the fly, the original one, that is. Oh, so did they? It wasn't entirely cast, and they didn't know if the casting arrangement that they had was going to work. They threw out the original script and basically had the actors come up with their dialogue as they went along, or basically they had Will Smith come up with his dialogue as he went along. And the other actors sort of had to react to that. Mm. So I know Tommy Lee Jones, when they were filming that original one, was furious because he was like, well, how come he gets to be the funny one and I don't get any of the funny lines? But of course, when he watched it edited, put together all the best scenes, all sliced up and put together all nice. He looks great. He realized, oh, wow, I actually look great next to Will Smith. He's good enough funny for both of us. (laughs) You needed that stoic character to bounce off. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from what I understand as well, the sequel, we're suddenly going into a little deep dive into the Men in Black history, but the sequel, Men in Black 2, is very much a compromised movie as well. If you recall, it was basically a retreading of the first movie. No kidding. But from what I understand, the whole climax of the movie centred around the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center. Now, it's been a while since I've watched it. I don't really remember the second one that well. Yeah, it's so... just the first one, but in a different wrapper. This is the first one, but done worse, basically. Is that the one with the dog? The dog has the <laughs> wow, world on its, on its collar? No, that's the first one you're thinking of. This is the thing that everybody does when you try and get them to remember Men in Black 2. They're like, is that the one where there's like the little alien inside the guy's face? No, that's the first one. Is that the one where the the cat's got the little universe on its collar? No, that's the first one. See, nobody remembers the second one, but like I I said, because it's so close. universe in a locker. I remember that. Yeah, it's not a universe. It's like a little cosmos and at the end they try and claim that the whole world is in a locker, but the metaphor doesn't really work. Basically, the running thing with Men in Black is like, ooh, this isn't what it appears to be. What you think the world is, it is very different. Mm. So I think we should interpret that into our plots. And then, of course, there was the third one. Did you see that one? Yeah, of course. I wasn't excited to see it. I saw it eventually when it was released on home media. I thought it was an alright wrap-up to... I thought it was better than the second one, let's just yeah. say that. So, Manny D, what do we know about Men in Black International <laughs> so far? So, so far, Kieran, there has only been one trailer that I've been able to find, and one yes. little short that keeps popping up and playing the same thing over and over again, Yes, uh, much to my chagrin. And what we By know... By the way, I just want to interject something yeah, right sure. now. You just made me think of it. With most of the trailers that we watch, and just trailers in general in 2019, even a little bit in 2018, I can't stand the fact that whenever you try and look up a trailer or watch a trailer on YouTube, they have like a little pre-trailer, which is like a five second short version. You know why that is, Of though. the trailer at the start of the video. I can't stand that. This Just is... let me watch the goddamn trailer in full. This is the Snapchat world now, where everything is, you know, even a trailer is too long. So, that's why for people's attention, you need the short trailer so that they get sold and they can watch the rest of the trailer. Yeah, true. This is the TikTok generation, kid. Yes. This is the world we live in. Welcome to it. How unfortunate. But yes, still. <laughs> and most of the time when you sit down to watch it on YouTube, you have to watch a trailer for another movie before you can watch the trailer that you've intended to watch in the first place. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. There is one trailer yep. for Men in Black International. They basically don't spoil any of the plot in it. So we've got our work, work cut out yeah, for us. Yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of the main players. So that's pretty good. We sort of get an idea of where they fit into the world or the story. Or we can guess, I guess. Now, one thing that we've decided to do, we did this with our event. Avengers Infinity War episode, every five episodes, rather than going away and coming up with our own plots, we've now decided that every five episodes, we're going to team up and do a joint plot. We're just going to, on the fly, with no preparation, see what we can come up with when we put our heads together. So usually it's my plot versus Kieran's plot, but today it's going to be a lovely little collaboration where where we put our minds together. Agent K and Agent M. (laughs) That's right. Oh wait, they already exist. (laughs) 
what happens when you have a name and somebody else has the yeah. same name? I always thought that. They like, can only have, what, 24 what if, agents at one time? Yeah, what if Jay came in and he was like, hey, I'm Agent Jay, and so, like James has been there or yeah. Jim has been there for like well, 25 Jay years. Is, is James, so. Okay, well then Jim is there or Jeremy's there and he's been there for like you Jeremy, know, yeah, 40 Jeremy. years. He's got a mug and he's like, no, I'm Agent Jay. Well, you're J2 or J-A. J.2. That was, J.0. That was the one thing in the movie that bothered me, to be honest with you. That was the one thing in the movie? Of everything in the movie that could have bothered you, that bothered you the most? Yes. What happens when they come in and they have another letter? They have a character in the second movie, played by Johnny Knoxville, who disappears and that bothered you? Yeah, I could go with that. But what happens if there was another Johnny Knoxville? What would they call him? Well, he's not an agent. He's an alien. Oh, whatever. But anyway, he just vanishes from the movie. He was completely obliterated by rewrites. (laughs) Anyway, we should get into who's appearing in this movie, and then as we go through them one by one, we can discuss what we think their impact is going to be on the movie, just like we did with our Avengers Infinity War episode. Cool. So, of course, leading up the charge, our top build actor is, of course, Chris Hemsworth. I thought you were going to go in a different direction there. Yeah. Well, I'm only going with what's listed on the internet here, Matty D. But yes, it's Chris Hemsworth as Agent H, Mm -hmm. a top agent in MIB's UK branch. Which is interesting because he is Australian. Yeah, that's a good point. I was like, why why is he in the UK branch? And Liam Neeson is Irish, right? He's in the UK branch as well. Well, Ireland's part of the UK. I guess, I guess. Yeah, so we got this. Maybe he's doing a British accent in the movie. (laughs) It doesn't sound like he is. Maybe maybe America. Maybe he's an expat, who knows? Can't tell the difference. Yes. Quite possibly. So I don't know about you, but this trailer seemed to show Chris Hemsworth's character. Hey, Hemsworth starts with H. Yeah, maybe that's where he gets his name from. <laughs> Agent C was already taken, so but he had to take H. He seems to be the charming, very good at stuff, but doesn't take things seriously because everything comes naturally to him and he just jokes around and fools around, but he manages to do a great job anyway. I have a real problem with Chris Hemsworth and comedy. What? what of course, what? we've seen him in Thor, but I instantly go back to Ghostbusters 2016. He was good in that I, I found he him was really, not I, I found him really good in that i thought everything fell completely flat in that movie well everything and the, especially him all right I know we have you, differing I, opinions I know, on that movie. i know how you feel about the ghostbusters movie but i think he's good i think he's got good comedy chops okay <laughs> you could think that <laughs> oh well i suppose this will be the test since this is probably one of his first well, i suppose ghostbusters aside full-on comedy movies men in black has always traditionally been a comedy series you don't think there was comedy in ragnarok yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, okay, I'll give him that. He wasn't bad in that. Now, speaking of Thor Ragnarok, also from that movie, playing our secondary lead, is Tessa Thompson as mm. Agent M. I thought Michael Jackson was going to be Agent M. <laughs> That's right, he was in those... I can in- be Agent M. He's in that universe. Yes. Thankfully, not in our universe anymore, but anyway, <laughs> it's a different story. Now, she plays a new MIB recruit assigned to the UK branch. A lot of love for old Emma. I was a big fan of Tessa Thompson in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Even though she was very antagonist. Tessa, sorry. I'm a big fan of Tessa. <laughs> yes, so her too. Even though she was an antagonist for most of Thor Ragnarok, she sort of came around in the end and I really appreciated her. Yeah. It was a shame she was killed off screen in <laughs> Avengers Infinity yeah, War, but I you know. know. So it seems like this is going to play a big part in what I think the movie's going to be but I think she's an aspiring agent. Yes. And rather than being called to it like Jay was, being recruited, she's kind of actively trying to get in and find more about... She's um, seeking them out. Exactly. Yeah, I very much picked that up from the trailer as and well. I think she's going to be now, a little bit of an audience surrogate in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Jay was in the first Men in Black movie. Now, I think I'll say it just straight away. I think this is going to be a very loose 
remake of that first Men in Black movie, but just on a larger scale. So rather than being confined to New York City, mm-hmm. like they were in the original 97 version, I think they're going to be globetrotting. It's Men in Black International after all. Yep. And we see in the trailer that they're all over the world. They're in some... Paris. Paris, Egypt, I think. Yeah. Um... Other places. <laughs> <laughs> New York, at least. Next, we have Liam Neeson playing High T. Yes, that is his name. Best name. So not T, just High T. I hope it took them less than five minutes to come up with that name, because that is awful. (laughs) What do you mean? That's fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so he's apparently the head of the UK branch of the MIB. It'd be better if his name was Ice-T, but we can't (laughs) can't all have what we want. Well, Ice-T would have to be played by Ice-T. I would think that would be amazing. And he wouldn't be the head of the UK branch. Why not? Maybe the US branch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He'd be head of the LA branch. There you go. Bum, bum. But anyway, Liam Neeson, uh, he's in a bit of hot water at the moment, isn't he? So, a little bit. We this must have, have been filmed before that, but yes. We live in a world where we give everybody a second chance, so maybe by the time this movie comes on, everyone would have moved past his difficulties in the press at the moment. But you know, So, of See. course, we know Liam Neeson from almost everything. He's yeah. Oscar Schindler himself, yep. Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars Episode One, Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins. The dad in love, actually. Mm. I forgot about that. What was he where he went around and killed everybody? What was that movie called? The Grey. Um, the other one. Taken. Yeah, Taken. Yeah. Everyone knows who Liam Neeson is. I've got to say, I think Liam Neeson, there's a buzzard sitting on his shoulder in this film. I don't know about you. So he seems to play like a mentor figure, possibly, yeah. and possibly the partner of Chris Hemsworth's character, H. Yes. At the start. Business partner, not romance partner. Right. Yes. Business partner. I think you're possibly right, but I do not think that's the direction they'll go. Mm, okay. Well, I guess we'll discuss it further shortly. So next we have Rebecca Ferguson as Riza, an alien. Yes. We know very little about her. I think she was sort of like the Cleopatra looking one in the trailer. I know Rebecca Ferguson from nothing. Mm-hmm. But apparently she was in The Greatest Showman. I didn't see it. Yeah. She's in nothing that I've seen, so. Yeah, I couldn't Up find actress, any I guess. information about any of these aliens. No, neither could I. And there's, like I said, there's very little information in the trailer. There's no information on IMDb and there's no information on Wikipedia. So like so, I said, we've got to work her into our plot. So she's either a bad guy, a lead, or she's in MIB. Well, here's the thing about Men in Black, though. Most of the time, the aliens are the good guys and there's just the rare few aliens that are bad guys. Well, there will be a, a bad guy alien. Yeah, guaranteed. Or maybe there's a pair of bad guys. I know where you're going with that. Yes, so... Next, we have the Les Twins, mm-hmm. or Les Twins. I, I guess it's Les Twins. Yep. And Good. now they very much appear to be playing villains in the movie. Now they may be henchmen. So they're uncredited, but we see two twins in the trailer. Yes. Two twins. We see a pair of twins in the trailer. They're who the men in black are fighting. So mm-hmm. the men in black generally don't fight regular people. They usually leave that to the standard government slash police. So we can assume that they're aliens. Oh, they're twins. They're weird. It's got to be aliens in the men in black universe. Unless they multiply. Yeah, maybe. It's one guy who's... Pour water on them or something and they're... Multiply yeah. or something like Feed that. Feed him after midnight. Exactly. Now we also have Rafe Spall as an uncredited character. You may recognize him from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. He was one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz. He was someone who worked with Shaun at the electronic shop in mm. Shaun of the Dead. He was also in Life of Pi as the person listening to the story. But yes, he's uncredited, so we're going to have to work him in somehow as well. Now he's a British actor, so I can almost guarantee that he's going to be involved in the UK branch in some way, whether he's an alien, whether he's a men in black person himself, whether he's Agent R. <laughs> We'll find out. Agent R. Yeah, well, for Rafe. Rafe Spall. Oh, fair enough. And uh, now last but not least, we have Emma Thompson, who's reprising her role as Agent O from the third Men in Black movie. So she, she's... She took over Zed's role from the uh, previous series. Mm. Well, the same series, but from the, the New 
York branch, I suppose. The original Men in Black, yeah. Since Rip Torn has had his own troubles I over the no years. No idea what you're talking about. You don't know Rip Torn? I know him, but I don't know what troubles you're talking about. Yeah, well, mm, he sort of lost the plot a little bit and sort of uh, wasn't welcome in Hollywood anymore. You okay. can look it up, folks, if you if you want more details, because I'm not here to bandy around names. Not his name, anyway. Now, of course, we know Emma Thompson as Professor Trelawney from the Harry Potter series. Yes, I completely forgot she was in that. Now, she was in Love Actually as well as Alan Rickman's wife. She was. Two Love Actually <laughs> yes. stars. I think everyone in the UK was in Love Actually. See, I'm surprised that Tessa Not Chris Thompson, Hemsworth, yeah, very no, famous he's not UK, from the UK. Very famous UK actor. <laughs> he's not from the UK, so he wasn't in Love Actually. <laughs> I almost forgot to mention, but we also have Kumail Nanjiani, who I know from a couple of podcasts. He does his fair share of the comedy podcasts. He's a well-known comedian of sorts, as well as part-time actor, and he is the voice of Pawnee the Alien. I believe we saw him in the, the trailer. One? Yeah, he plays a tiny CGI alien man. I can guarantee you he is going to Re- be like the... Uh, replacing a certain pug that we know. Yes, he's going to be replacing Frank, though that's not to say that Frank won't appear in the movie, since he was replaced by a different pug in Men in Black 2, even though they tried to pass it off as the same pug, but I could tell it was a different dog. You could tell it was the same dog? That it wasn't the same dog? Yes. How? <laughs> they looked completely different. They were like <laughs> It was like a skinny man with different skin colour was replacing a fat man in the first movie. Movie. Didn't even had a notice. different shaped face, different shaped body, everything. It helps that I watched the movies back to back recently. So, so we should dive straight into what we think is going to happen in the plot. Let's do it, Maddie D. What are your initial thoughts? Do you think it's going to open with a cold open or a flashback? So initially, I thought it would open with a flashback. Why? Here's here's why, but I don't think. I think it's going to go straight into it, but I think there's a little bit of history that's going to play into this movie. Oh, really? You'll allow me to indulge you with my theory. Please do. So I believe that Em is somebody who lived through the events of the first Men in Black as maybe a young child. So she sort of saw the Men in Black. She witnessed. Now, she said in the trailer that she was trying to hunt them down for the last 20 years. Exactly. So that's what's inspired it. So in a way where... She doesn't look like a 20-year-old, so she must be maybe seven when the first movie was set, presuming that she was around for the events of that movie, and they're not saying that Men in Black 3 was the movie that she was in. Well, I would think it would be Men in Black 1, and I think the reason they would do that is it's a little bit of nostalgia, right? Because the audience... They'd rather people focus on the good movie. Exactly. Because the audience is also nostalgic for the first movie, so they can relate to Tessa, Agent M, in that, that she's connecting with that world. So I think that she was there, she was present, she saw... Or possibly Jay, possibly K. Maybe we don't what see them. What if she was one of Jay's family members? We know nothing about Jay's family. So what if she's like Jay's younger sister, or maybe his? I was going to say his girlfriend, but she's a bit young for that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Jay was dating a seven-year-old. I don't know. Despite what they say, and parents don't understand. That's an interesting idea. That could be what they do because it might be she's trying to find more about Jay. But I really think it, it is her. If she was related to Jay. I think she could be his daughter. You never know. From a relationship before the Men in Black. Who knows? Possibly. I think he was a single man though, wasn't he? A young single man. As far as we saw. It's an interesting idea, but I really think that she's going to see events of the Men in Black and not be flashed by the, what is it called? (laughs) The, the neural, sorry, the neuralizer. Yeah, no, not I called be- it the denuralizer earlier on. That was what they used to reverse people's memories who have been wiped. So yeah, it was the neuralizer. So she doesn't get neuralized for whatever reason. So she spends the entire time hunting down the men in black. So that's why yes. I thought it would start with a flashback, but I don't think they're going to go into that. I think they're just going to allude to that. There was a couple of people in the previous movies who were aware of the men in black. Mm-hmm. And they sort of believed in it in a conspiracy theorist sort of way, in the same way that you read about the men in black and were worried about them coming in any second 
knocking and knocking on the door. Yep, because uh, we're going to have a lot of concrete facts about the Men in Black in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be reviewing Alien. We'll be autopsy. on a list somewhere. Mm. <laughs> Let's hope we're not already. Maybe she's just a conspiracy nut. I think they'll do something cute, though, where they'll try and tie it in with the first movie more. I think I think she'll be a fangirl. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You don't think in- there's going to be anything bigger? No. No, no other connections? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, fair enough. I'm inclined to agree since we're working on this together. I think that her story is going to be that she finds the Men in Black headquarters. All right. So I think this is going to be scene two, though. Scene one, it's got to be a cold open. There's got to be an action sequence. It's the rule. Okay, yeah. If it's going to be a cold open, and I agree with you because I, I was going to get back to that. I think it's going to be H and... High T. How could you forget? T. H and T. <laughs> It's going to be H&T finding something. They're going to be firing up their guns. They're going to be in an exotic location, India or something of the like, investigating aliens clearly, and they're going to get into a shootout. We see them shooting off their guns and working as a team. Now, I initially thought that High T was going to be killed off early on, maybe even in the first scene itself. But since he welcomes Agent M to the Men in Black later on, the British branch anyway, I kind of think that he has to survive at least until the halfway point. So here's my question then. Why would T be High T? and work with H because that doesn't seem like somebody that maybe he gets a promotion that's what I think is going to happen I think the old high person dies at the start of the movie right like what they've been kidnapped by an alien in high T and H are out to rescue them they'll either die or they'll step down or they'll retire but the start of the movie will be T and H action scene and T being promoted to this new position that he's in charge and H doesn't have a partner makes sense do you think they'll introduce the villain of the movie in the first scene? Or do you reckon it will be unrelated? Total cold open, unrelated. Uh, I think it's got to be related. Because obviously we have O saying something's gone down in London. Yes. Which we'll get to, I guess, in a little bit. But essentially there's got to be a reason for this film to take place in London and something's happened. They found something or tripped something or something set off. And I do believe that whatever's happened, either a person or a thing is releasing aliens all around the globe. So that's the part part we need to get to, I think. Right. But there's something's got to happen in this scene that causes that. Bad aliens, of course, because, you know, of course. not every alien's a bad guy. Of course. Interestingly enough, I just thought about it then while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I wasn't listening. Apology I think I've accepted. worked out why this one isn't set in the US. Why? See, the US has changed a lot since the first Men in Black movie came out. I was watching it the other night, and I realised that the whole movie talks about aliens. They even have a scene at the beginning where Mexicans are being smuggled over the border, and the Men in Black are like, not sending them back, but they're going, you know, welcome to America. All immigrants are welcome here. And the aliens themselves, the men in black are sort of like an airport in a way, or at least they're an organization that helps alien immigrants coming from around the world. And they say, you know, come to America, come to New York. Well, the whole thing You're like more a, than welcome. It's a metaphor for, yeah, immigration. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mm, recent events have told us that the uh, Americans aren't as welcoming to immigrants anymore. At least their president would make us believe that immigrants aren't as welcome, especially illegal immigrants, illegal aliens, we should say. They're building a space wall. Yeah, maybe maybe (laughs) New York has just got this huge wall floating up in space. I mean, it it would make sense that the current US president was actually a cockroach in disguise. I think there's a lot of plausibility. Well, be careful, We don't want to step on anyone's toes. (laughs) 
whether it's a cockroach's toes or not. Anyway, back to this. So that's why I think they've gone more international. So it's everyone's welcome. It's a global affair. The original Men in Black, in fact, the original intention was to make it entirely across America, not just New York. But then, of course, budgetary constraints limited them to the New York setting. So that's where that came from. Anyway, back to our movie, Mm -hmm. International. We're in India, we presume. I just threw that out of nowhere. You don't think we're going to be in Paris where the trailer opens up? Sure. Sure, we're in Paris. (laughs) I said an exotic location. Cal, pick I think, a spot, any I think, spot, I think Paris. A nice Paris open because he's got. They're going through a museum in the trailer. A nice Paris open is a nice little espionage. James Bond-esque opening yes. where we get our two men in black leads walking through with guns on a mission. So you're firmly of the belief that the mission will be a success. Nothing bad will happen to either High T or maybe just T at this point or H. And it goes so well that High T gets the promotion to basically the Z position, the head mm-hmm. of the UK branch. Yep. What happened to the old person? We don't know. It was just his time to go. He would either die or he either goes up to H and says, you know, I'm done with this line work it's my time to go off and and live a normal life and i want you to take up this mantle and there's a nice little moment there and maybe that's what leads the uk branch of the mib to be actively looking for a replacement so i guess that will lead us to introducing m let's say her name's monica let's go back what if the z character dies because of the events right, the of person this? in charge yep wouldn't it be funny if their name was m you know sort of like in james bond yeah but anyway i don't think they'll do that what you reckon they'll be killed off dramatically Possibly in the first scene. That's what happened in the first movie. Kay's partner mm. died. No, he didn't. didn't he, he realised he was getting too old and he had Kay neuralise him. Ah. Maybe you should have rewatched them recently. <laughs> would have had a better idea of Maybe. what they'll just do exactly the same again in this one. Yeah. Then they'll probably do that then. Something similar to that. Yeah. Someone's stepping down. Maybe it's just whoever was before High T's time, he stepped down. High T's filled the position. How does Liam Hemsworth's H feel about this? Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, him too. <laughs> I think we'll get into it when M is introduced, but I think there's a reluctance for... um, Maybe I should be promoted. No, I don't think he'll be like that. (laughs) I think he's very much like Jake Peralta-esque kind of character. Who? Oh, man. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I haven't Um, seen it. Someone, someone out there would someone who's very reference. Com- someone who's very competent at the job, but who just clowns around and is not interested in yeah. like big responsibility. And yeah. I think he does so sort of like Jay, but yeah, more, more goofy, more goofy. Yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be a clash in the styles there when M is introduced. I think her expectation of the Men in Black is, you know, yeah. he's almost disappointing. She's her. expecting K exactly. And she gets H. Yeah. What I think will happen is I think after this scene, M will find a as we saw in the trailer a illusion where like a hologram where she can go through what looks like a fence but she actually like manages to get through right and she's going to wear a makeshift black suit and sneak into MIB because mm, she has yeah. she has the suit already when she first speaks to O but it's like a dingy suit yeah. so I think she dresses herself up and tries to get in maybe there. we see her in the US when she's introduced you know maybe she's stepping out of a cab or getting out of the subway station she's wearing the suit we think oh she's a men in black agent already yeah but no she's wearing a disguise hoping to come across them and we we see in her eyes that she gets in there and she's like looking around this world yeah so maybe they have this fence up as like a security barrier in a way yep. sort of hiding like a spaceship that's crash landed in the middle of the streets of new york Ooh. or something like that and maybe this is our villain spaceship maybe
maybe not. Maybe they've arrived in New York and then, I don't know, got on a plane, went to the UK. Maybe the men in black are there behind this force Yeah, that's field. what I think they're investigating. And she follows them in yeah. and finds their location. Yeah, yeah. She sees two men in black or whatever or is tailing them in a car. And something random, I think we'll see her bedroom and I think she'll, we'll see like newspaper yeah, The clippings. truth is out there. Yeah, newspaper clippings and things of where, and she's been sort of like studying this and trying to find this her whole life. Yes, I'm inclined to agree with you there. But yes, he stumbles across this crime scene in quotation marks, discovers the men in black. Maybe she pretends, oh, let me take a sample over here or I'm looking at a clipboard over there and investigating what's going on. Maybe O turns up and spies her out of the corner of her eye but doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. She follows one of them back to the headquarters. So that's how she finds where the headquarters are. She walks in. Because she's wearing the suit, the guy, the black guy who sits there in the vestibule reading the newspaper doesn't even question it. So yeah, we'd have to say, because in the trailer when she goes to the force field, she's not wearing the suit or she's wearing jumpers. So she's either wearing the suit underneath or she goes back and gets changed to go incognito and she does it successfully. Maybe she's outside a suit shop and she ducks in. She gets it from a homeless person. Yeah, she's outside like a thrifty shop. Yeah. Gets it for $3. She like gives some guy money to like trade their suit. I bet they'll do that actually. And there's a homeless guy just wearing her clothes. Maybe not a homeless guy. Maybe she just rocks up to some guy and just goes, hey, I'll give you like I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle. How much for your suit? And he's like, what? Nice little comedy moment. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Maybe. Because the suit doesn't look great. No. It's ill-fitting. Yeah. And a little bit trashed. So, yeah. Somebody who's down with his luck, he's just had his wife leave him and he's yeah. just drinking. He's just like, hey, how much just, for the suit? It's the joker. He's just been kicked in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. He's lying in an alleyway. That's for later. We'll get into that in a future episode. But, yes. So, she's at the headquarters. She's marched right in and then she wanders straight in. What a useless then, guard, by the way. Yeah. Well, he never does anything. So, we're going to presume that he's going to continue this trend. Yeah. She essentially goes to O and says, look, I found you. That proves that I'm good enough. Give me the job. Disagree. No? I think she's going to walk around and then she's going to be pulled into O's office. And O's going to be like, how did you get in? You know, You're the one from the crime scene. Exactly. What are you doing? And she'll just be like, I want to join. And then that's when O will say, it takes more than a suit to be a men in black operative. Mm. And then she'll be like, right. well, I managed to find you. If I managed to find you, it means I, I'm good I, enough. I'm good enough to join your ranks. Yeah. And the suit looks damn good on you. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. That's essentially what I thought would happen. But yeah, I was trying to be a bit more thrifty with my storytelling. And then once she's accepted, I yep. will be like, we've got the perfect assignment for you. Let's get She'll rid of you. She'll be on a plane. You know, London Calling will be in the background or maybe even that terrible song from the trailer. You know, my London, London bridge want to go down. Yeah. She's on the way to the UK. It's every UK stereotype. You can imagine the Big Ben's there chiming. A cabbie picks her up and takes her to wherever the headquarters will be. Oh, um, where will the headquarters be? <laughs> I just had a funny MI6. thought. Who the, knows? The guard is wearing a bowler hat. He's the exact same guy. <laughs> what? She walks into like the vestibule and there's the guy reading the newspaper. He's the same guy, but he's got like bad teeth and a bowler hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll definitely do something where the secret headquarters is, but... She'll arrive at the headquarters in London. We don't know exactly where they'll be. They'll be somewhere cute. Underneath the London Eye, the big Ferris wheel. Well, I thought it'd be cool if it would be in a old style phone booth. I don't know if they would go that A police box. The... Yeah, almost. You know those phone booths? <laughs> yeah. So... Feel like oh, it's that. like an elevator, like 
like in Harry Potter. That would be too obvious, but you never know with these kind of movies. Like, get smart. Don't exactly. <laughs> Down she goes. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cute. So she arrives yes. in this branch of MIB. And of course, she's greeted by High T, who, welcome, welcome to the UK branch of Men in Black. Do you reckon he'll, at one point in the movie, will have a story where he's like, you know, one time an alien killed my wife and I went down to the local bar. I intended to kill oh my the first God. alien who worked in the door. Who walks in the door. <sighs> no? Okay. I was, I was hoping to leave that alone. <laughs> okay. Of course you would bring that up. But then I decided not to kill the alien and that's how I joined the MIB. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Maybe, maybe. He might have some tragic backstory. Someone has to, right? Yeah. I mean, M's not going to. And either is H. He's not going to have a tragic... Well, maybe. No. Maybe. We don't no, know. Don't maybe they'll so. have some depth to his character. He had a wife. And it, no. Back in Australia. But anyone who's going to have a tragic backstory, it's old Neeson. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you there. Now, I actually have a theory, and I know you have some theories too, of where Liam Neeson's going. But before we get into that, of course, M is going to be introduced to H. So he's going to be partnered up because he doesn't have a partner. And how do you think they will get along? I, I think, think he'll be cocky. I think H will be oh, cocky. big time. I don't know. Initially, I was like, there's going to be maybe H will do the whole Clint Eastwood, I don't need a partner thing. But now I'm thinking, judging on H's character, maybe... She's a good-looking girl. He wants to impress her. I don't think so. No? No. I think he just does his own thing regardless. Right. And she kind of wants to I pull... I can show the rookie the ropes. Exactly. And yeah. she kind of wants to pull him back into, we should be doing work. Like, yeah. shouldn't we be doing this? Yes. Shouldn't we be going to crazy alien nightclubs? Yes. Getting into fight scenes. I don't think we should go into the minutiae of every single action scene that it's going to be. It's going to be the scenario of, let's go to the nightclub. Oh, there's a secret door and it's actually an alien nightclub where everyone's doing techno dancing um, with popping and locking, but it's actually, you know, an alien in a robotic suit. It's going to be that sort of thing. Seems like cheating to me. Yeah, well, it's going to be one of those things. (laughs) It's going to be one of those things where it appears to be this, but it's actually this. What you thought was a hip hop dancer popping and locking, he's actually a robot. He's not doing the robot. He is a robot. We got to have some celebrity cameos. Let's remember that as well. Yes. So maybe the nightclub won't even be in the UK they're going to be globetrotting after all it's going to be this location leads them here Amsterdam this clue leads them there and so on and so forth so it's going to be very much globetrotting following the Bond trend of this clue takes me to Istanbul so on and so forth I think there'll be different aliens appearing in different locations and they're going to go hunt them down as they were but there's a connection between all of them are we saying that these twins are the bad guys I suppose you really want to say these twins are the bad guys I don't see what other choice do we have we don't really have any. Liam Neeson? You know, I don't think that is completely out of the question. Neeson could be the bad guy. I think Neeson, High T himself, will secretly be an alien hiding in human form the whole time. Because they haven't done that yet. They haven't done a member of the Men in Black is actually an alien in well, they disguise. Have, they have, oh, well, they have aliens in the Men in Black. Yes, that's so true. So why would one need to be in disguise? Because he's disguising himself as a person to infiltrate the Men in Black. But he could have just infiltrated them as an alien. <laughs> I don't want to poke holes in your theory because you could be right. Well, we've got to decide on something. We've got to agree. So you don't agree? I need more convincing that that would be. uh, I don't have much. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I guess you're right. I guess we've never seen an alien disguised as a human. And that is a surprise. Sort of like Judge Doom at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit sort of reveal. Yeah, possibly. They find out that the twins or whatever, his minions, they come back. He's taken over the UK branch of the Men in Black. We see a few things. Transforms into his final form. We so see on, so forth. we see this big gorilla thing that H fights, so we can really? assume that's a bad guy. 
yeah, oh that, yes, yeah, I know what you per, mean. That yeah. blue thing, yes, with the hammer and all that. Yes, um, look at the trailer, folks, to keep up. We see a, a woman that has multiple faces and arms. I think that's Rebecca Ferguson as Riza. Yep, an alien as Riza, and we have. I think they'll go to Egypt at some point, and she'll be like a Cleopatra-style alien with cool. many faces. And then we have the twins. I think they'll all be on the same page. Do you agree? Do you think they'll all be released all over the globe, and they'll be hunting down yes, all these aliens? Absolutely, or it will be a, a circumstance of this clue leads us to this location and then who's guarding the clue in this location but an evil alien. Let's have a fight scene. Why in this world would multitude of aliens be trying to get to Earth and what is their motivation here? I have no idea. There's <laughs> no information in the trailer for me to base anything off. So, so anything would be pure speculation. If we could talk to the animals. Yes. Sing to the animals. If we were to go that this movie might be politically relevant. I doubt it. I very much doubt it. You don't think so? Yes. What if the modern day MIB is more, just throwing this out there, strict with people Immigration? Yes. Yeah, maybe. That would be interesting political commentary, because, but because I think they'll shy away from it, maybe. to be honest. Because they the want to draw in the biggest audience possible, the so quote, they don't want to exclude yeah. anybody. The quote in this movie is, civilization as we know it is in trouble because these aliens are out. Yes. So maybe these are bad aliens, maybe these are like... Evil aliens. The criminals are all escaped and they're all entering. Oh God, even that's a little bit on the nose. Yes. Almost like it's a strange time to be resurrecting this franchise. Yeah. Like they do for some reason every couple of I'm actually going to go with you, Kieran. I think I'm going to say Liam Neeson is the bad guy. For lack of a better cliche, let's go with it. But I think he's going to be a sympathetic bad guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. His wife was killed by an alien? Yeah. Are we saying he's an alien himself? Yes, let's say that. Why is he breaking these aliens out? So your heart is set on them being previously captured aliens who have been released for whatever reason and then for some reason go around the globe? All these aliens come into Earth and they're all trying to catch them. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay, fair enough. Do you disagree? I I don't have a better alternative, so yes, I guess I have to agree. And the climax will culminate into a machine or a whirlpool that is like allowing them access. It'll be a CGI monstrosity throwing things at the men in black. Oh yeah, definitely. And they've got to set aside their differences to come together to defeat the CGI bad guy. And the climax of the movie, since we're going into this point, it'll be in New York. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I thought it'd be in the UK, but They'll go all over the world and they'll go back to America. Because if you have O at the start of the movie and that world and then you leave it and go to London, I feel like you need to go back there. Not necessarily. I thought you'd just be there to sort of bridge the gap between the films. So it's a nod to the other movies. I think in the end, after all is said and done, the bad guy's done and dusted, defeated... They get the noisy cricket out and shoot his head off. I hope they bring that in. Oh, well, it was in the trailer, so I guarantee it. Oh, really? Yes. I think they're going to have another connection to the first movie. So be it Will Smith turns up for a cameo. That's stretching it, though, because he didn't come back for Independence Day 2. Tommy Lee Jones, I definitely don't see coming in for a cameo. No. He was barely there in the third movie. Well, they're really the only two characters we really care about. I think Frank will have like a cute cameo at some point. Frank will. We saw the little monsters, the little ones that... The worms. Yeah. Yeah, the little coffee-pouring, hutty-speaking worms. See, I think they should learn from the mistakes that they made in the previous sequels and just try and do new things and not just rely on rehashing everything that they did in the first movie again. Mm. That was one of the things that really hurt the second and third movie where they were just like, let's do this same joke again, but instead of having... 
a brief moment with Frank. We've got 15 minutes with Frank sort of stretching out and ruining the joke. So I think this movie will only work and only be successful if they reference in a very loose the other characters or the other moments from the movies and then just try completely new situations, new jokes. A guy getting his head blown off. Yeah, exactly. They can't have Jeeves again or whatever that guy's name was. I think we basically said as much as we can say about this movie. So what is Liam Neeson wanting to... Oh, I think that's yeah, we've got to come part. up with something, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Why? Let's would... just say what his motivation is, and then we'll call it a day. All right. He is disguised as a human. Why is he disguised? He's as an alien disguised as a human, so he can infiltrate the Men in Black. So he has complete control of, I guess, you know, all the codes. <gasps> yes, I got it. Aliens forever have been living in, in America in hiding. Yes. Liam Neeson's character believes that should not be the way. Right. So gone are the days of aliens hiding yep. amongst the humans they should live shoulder to shoulder with mankind so we're just going to catch human beings maybe he wants to demolish the earth and build a freeway maybe an intergalactic freeway i just lost my train of thought yeah sorry um, so yeah so the whole idea i of don't believe in, in segregation i believe in inclusion so the whole idea of men demolish in- the wall so the whole idea of men in black is that human beings can't cope with the realities of the world right so mm, maybe yes. it's liam neeson's character or whatever the bad guy's character is the only thing like- that keeps them sane is they don't know about it is why are we waiting around for these dumb humans to catch up aliens should not be living in hiding because the small-minded people can't cope with it we're just gonna maybe he sent all the aliens that he's released from the prison around the world as a distraction for the two top agents so he can undergo his plans back at the uk headquarters that's another good idea let's go with that let's do it and so what is he doing what is his way of achieving aliens and humans living together without issue if that is what we're going with here i don't know and if he, wouldn't uh, the audience be behind that wouldn't they yeah, be like yeah we should live with because i think i think it'll be a sympathetic thing but i think it'll be more like maybe it'll be cartoonish as i'm gonna wipe out all the humans and then so aliens can just come live here like a resort or he'll control men in black so they can come and go as they please uh, no probably not yeah maybe we're it's clutching at straws here folks yeah maybe there's like no care for humans so it's just like i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> yeah maybe it's, like i said it's as simple as he wants the humans gone his two best agents h M, just like the clothing store, that's weird, are out of the way on a little fetch quest going around so he can conduct his true plan of wiping everybody out for some reason so that the world is suddenly open and all the resources can be sold off to aliens. There you go. That's a topical issue. Yeah, let's go with that. Yes. <laughs> wow. I felt confident at the start of this yes. podcast. <laughs> yes, he, he was whistling and confident and going, there's no way that what I have is wrong. Watch the trailer, folks. If you have any ideas of where you think Men in Black International is going to go, please let us know because we are stuck. We are scrambling. Mm-hmm. We've got a very loose idea. I, you know, maybe 20% sure that any of what we predicted will be in the movie. <laughs> We've definitely got the first half. Yes, absolutely. That's there. We got what we saw in the trailer. <laughs> we got what we saw in the trailer. Whereas Neeson's going to be the bad guy, I don't know. So, big claim, Liam Neeson's going to be the bad guy. I guess that's really the only major claim that we've made. Um, Does that mean he kills his mentor, the original Zed? Or? Yeah, maybe it was his fault the whole time. They'll do like a whole Mission Impossible style reveal. I was the mastermind the whole time. Because I think maybe there'll be a cultural shift between the first movie and the last movie. And maybe that'll be the purpose of this movie is like, Perhaps. It's time. It's time for the world to move on. 
this is a bigger world. We can't hide aliens anymore from the social media world. It's a shrinking globe. Ooh, it's a shrinking globe. So it's time that aliens stop being in hiding. But the way he goes about it is totally wrong because he's just going to have them decide almost replicant-esque. It's like a revolution for the aliens. They're like, no, we're just going to just come in and we show up and we're going to decimate everybody. Of course, they're going to do it in a very light-hearted, tongue-in-cheek way. Of course. As is tradition with the Men in Black movies. Yep. If you've got your own plot for Men in Black International, as we mentioned, let us know. We've got an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we've got a Facebook page. You can send us a private message or you can post it on the public page for everyone to look at and steal, including the filmmakers, possibly. Yeah, they'll hire you as a head writer. Who knows how much of this movie will change in post-production, like all the previous movies. We'll have a new trailer that says everything. Yes. It'll be... You watch. By the time that this episode comes out... There'll be a trailer of Liam Neeson dying at the start going, oh... You can have all my Aztec gold and we'll be like, what? <laughs> yes. But then that will be a misdirect because then he'll come back at the end. Of course. So let's go with that. Let's go with that. He's the villain. Mr. Raz Al Ghul. Yes. Unless suddenly the next trailer is like, suddenly Rafe Spall is the villain. But yeah, who knows what direction. If it's going to be anyone ex- other than Liam Neeson, it'll be Rizza. Mm, possibly. Now, before we go, we should mention what we're going to be talking about next week. Yes. So we've talked this week about the fourth installment of the Men in Black franchise. And now next we're talking about the fourth installment in the Toy Story franchise. How exciting. So we're going to be talking Toy Story 4. Do you know anything about that movie? Not other than the little teaser that I've seen. So this will be exciting. And we'll be back next week to talk all about it. Oh, give us some five-star reviews, please. <laughs> After wanna, this nonsense? Just want to do that. Give, yes, if you feel so know, inclined. Throw us a comment. We love to hear people people's feedback so like give us where were we wrong give us a little aside from start to finish where (laughs) were we wrong this week (laughs) give us some five star reviews subscribe tell your friends and uh and join us next week yes please do and until then maddie d would you just look at this blinking red light okay catch you next hello and welcome to the podcast (laughs) how'd it go Zed, the Jolocks are gone and the treaty is signed. Good work. Zed, what about that position you promised me in Men in Black? Still working on the Alien Affirmative Action Program. I'll keep you posted. Wait a minute, that's not what you promised me. You're, you're breaking up. Zed? Can't hear you. Hello? I'll call you back. I can be Agent M. Zed, you... <laughs>